American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Citizens of the Reject Nation, it is at last time to not only make a new Comic Corner, hello and thank you for coming back and being so excited for this, but also to break down the DC slate by excitement. I love making these lists to you guys, and I know there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to talk about with that slate, but I thought, first of all, let's do broad strokes, just what we're the most excited about. So please do let me know in the comments which one that you're the most excited about, which announcement you thought was the most surprising, what your order of excitement is, and now all of this could change because we've literally got nothing except the shape of the story via tone announced by comic which made me very happy and the announcement itself so this isn't what's going to be best when it arrives it's what level of excitement we're at right now from these announcements now we're going to focus on the 10 new announcements we knew about the batman 2 very excited to get the title and the release date but we're not including that one we're just doing the 10 new properties please do leave a like subscribe hit that notification bell and let's get into it First up, number 10. My number 10 is the Creature Commandos. Now this one is just on the lower side because this is not a property I particularly have a lot of investment in, a lot of connection to. I was only vaguely aware of it existing. I, I had heard of it, but I didn't really have a lot of context. It's an early 80s comic and it's about World War II if my memory serves, and it's animated. Now I am excited for the animated to live action crossover with the actors. I think that has a lot of potential. I think them saying that is a very strong seed planted, but I generally connect to live action more than animation, and I generally connect to characters whose books I've read. That's the only reason this one's number 10, but something had to be last. Number 10, Creature Commandos. Coming in at number nine is Paradise Lost. Now this could conceptually land with the Paradise Island Lost comic book. That's a two issue story arc that's very solid, but it doesn't seem to be. So I think the reason this one's so low for me is I really love the character of Wonder Woman. I think she's the third of the Holy Trinity of DC. And without knowing what place Wonder Woman has in this Themyscira story, I can't put it higher. That yet, this one has probably the most potential to go from number nine to my top three, because like I said, I do love Wonder Woman. If this is a soft origin for a Wonder Woman show, if this is launching Wonder Woman's own corner of the universe, any of those things, this could really work for me. But as far as just Themyscira as a Westeros-esque world, as a Game of Thrones-esque thing, I'm not as big into Game of Thrones as most people. I really, I'm enjoying House of the Dragon actually more than Game of Thrones. 
but I, I don't know if that dynamic is going to sell me as the rest of this slate. So depending on how this sets up Wonder Woman, depending on how this sets up the Amazonians, depending on what the flavor of the story for this Westeros Themyscira is, Time will tell, but for now, it is number nine, Paradise Lost. Coming in at number eight, and things are accelerating. Now we're into the, like, where do I put this? I'm so excited. Number eight is Waller. Now, Peacemaker was one of my top three shows of last year. Peacemaker is a force of nature of television, and I really think that what Peacemaker was able to prove is that there is no character irredeemable to James Gunn. I loved his The Suicide Squad, but I definitely found myself going like, yeah, I love the dichotomy and duality between Idris Elba and John Cena, but that's what sells me on Peacemaker is he's that exception. He's the outside. And then the show showed me, oh my God, not only is John Cena a powerhouse actor, but the way that James Gunn can make me care about anyone. I immediately loved all the Guardians of the Galaxy. I immediately loved the characters because of their underdogness, but Peacemaker is not a great dude in the Suicide Squad. And then they are able to give him texture and flavor and build all those things out. I think that's what we're going to get with Waller. I think Viola Davis is, I mean, it's Viola Davis. I think Amanda Waller is a character we've only seen as like this very intense badass authority figure. I think if they add some layers to her, we've already met her daughter. We have some, you know, mother daughter moments. I think you can really grow Amanda Waller in her own show. And I think the idea of a Peacemaker spinoff is incredible. Very excited about all of the pieces of the puzzle, but I don't know how involved James Gunn is. And he is a key factor for my enjoyment of Peacemaker. I think his ability to make us love the unlikable character is a huge factor. And I don't know how much he's involved in the show. So while I'm excited to see Waller, grow as a character. While I'm excited to see the Peacemaker world grow out, this has to be on the lower side just because I am concerned about the cameo elements of working in a show in a universe that's just starting with this character and with perhaps me just wanting more of a Peacemaker season two and three and beyond. And because my next seven are, are would be in the top 10 of most years list. So it gets, uh, very hard to decide between A's and A minuses going forward. Coming in at number seven is The Authority. The Authority is probably my biggest surprise of the entire announcement, other than one comic specifically being named later on. But The Authority is a Wildstorm comic, in my mind. It is a, a comic that's a imprint of DC and was kind of merged with DC. But what makes this interesting is Wildstorm's The Authority was a commentary on the Justice League. There are literally two members of this that are pretty much one-to-one -one parallel commentaries on our two biggest heroes in the Justice League. Batman and Superman are Midnighter and Apollo. It's literally the God of the Sun, Apollo, Midnighter, Dark Knight. But I don't think there's ever been a universe where the commentary on the character is in the same universe as the character. I think the closest might be Deadpool because he's kind of a, a play on Spider-Man, but he's not a commentary on Spider-Man. It's different. There's a meta awareness there that isn't as present here because Deadpool Deadpool's kind of like a mix between Spider-Man, Wolverine, um, Snake Eyes, like those characters, whereas this is what would these characters be in another world? It'd be like if Superman Red Sun was in the same universe as Superman. So I'm very curious about the tone of this. I'm very curious about how they're going to make this work in world, because again, it's not an else world. It's in the DCU. So I'm very excited to see an anti-Justice League in the Justice League. And there's a reason I put uh, Waller and the Authority together, because I do think that Waller is going to lead to the Authority. I think that it's not a coincidence we're getting a Waller comic book this year that deals with Wildstorm. I think that the Authority-Waller combo is going to go right into each other, and I think we're going to build out a very interesting anti-Justice League that, again, is going to be very dissimilar from the Suicide Squad. Much like we've got Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers and Marvel, I think the anti-Justice League and the Suicide Squad are going to have some interesting commentaries on what that looks like, and I'm very excited for it. Coming in at number six is a property I have waited years for, Lanterns. 
we are getting a lantern show. Now, this would already be very high up on any most anticipated of the year list, but the fact that James Gunn specifically said True Detective. True Detective season one is probably one of the best seasons of television of all time, hard stop. I was gonna quantify that, but it's literally, I think, one of the best seasons of TV. So if you're going for that tone and you're setting a terrestrial Green Lantern world with, they, I think they described it as a substation Earth, then you've got a very interesting thing afoot because he said the mystery in Lanterns is tied into the whole DCU. So this could be a big bad they're leading to at the end of chapter one. This could be uh, maybe like the anti-life equation. This could be something that ties into the greater universe that these detectives, these space cops have to solve on Earth. Add to that, we finally get Jon Stewart in live action. Add to that, we haven't had Hal Jordan, but once really in live action, and that wasn't the greatest thing. It's kind of a cautionary tale of superheroes. I think that this show on HBO is going to be a huge weekly conversation piece. I loved WandaVision because it was a mystery. I loved True Detective because it was an adult mystery. This might give us the opportunity for a superhero adult mystery conversation show that we talk about every single week that has the fucking Green Lantern core. This is so exciting. Number five, Booster Gold. Booster Gold is so ripe for today. I wanna make a whole video about Booster Gold, I might, but I really think one of the most interesting things about this is that we're living in an age where social media is everything and it's only exponential. And by the time 2025 rolls around and this show comes out, it's gonna be so much worse than it is now. And this is a character from the the future that comes to today to be cool. This is an unlikable, not the greatest guy that grows into a hero. His first arc in the comic books is kind of an anti-hero. Superman's trying to figure out where he came from. He hides the fact that he's from the future because he wants to seem like he has powers. He has tech from the future that basically gives him powers today. But I love that commentary on futurism, on tradition, on what makes a hero, on anti-heroes, on basically being a hero for likes. Does it make you a hero if you're only helping people for popularity? Does it make you a good person if you're only commenting on things negatively to get likes? Does it make you good if you're yelling into the void about not enjoying certain comic books and certain properties to get more likes on TikTok? Viewer, I don't think it does. And so Booster Gold kind of represents giant insecurities and trolling, but to a superhero scale. There are so many people that do this, that talk about especially comic books and movies that say really, really ignorant stuff to get attention. I love using a superhero to turn that on its head. And yeah, I, I got a hundred things to say. We got to do a Booster Gold video. If you want to see a Booster Gold video, I got a lot to say, leave a comment below. Very excited about this character to get the live action screen treatment. Number four, Batman, the brave and the bold. We're getting the Bat family. We're getting a version of Batman we have not seen in a very long time. The furthest we've gotten in live action Batman with the Bat family was Robin, and that was in the very tricky to navigate Schumacher movies. And I think the Joel Schumacher movies could have been very special. I think Joel Schumacher is a very, very talented director, but I think that was a time when studio involvement was so much so that it's basically to sell toys. Now we're living in an entirely different age where the, the actual IP matters. We're living in an age where Batman himself matters, where people are lobbying for a Dick Grayson, where people are lobbying for a Tim Drake, where people are wondering, is Jason Todd gonna be the Red Hood? These are characters that are known and loved now. They're not just things to sell toys. And so living in an age where the Bat family is known, living in an age where we've been wanting this so badly, and living in an age where I think the best strength of this property is in the fact that Damian Wayne is a 
bit of a monster and thus has to change Bruce Wayne and thus has to make him a little bit lighter is a beautiful way to set up the dichotomy between this Batman and Pattinson. That's how you're able to have two Batman in one slate. We're in 2025. We're looking at having two Batman. Right now, we've got so many. We've got Michael Keaton. We've got Ben Affleck. We got, you know, Ben. We just had Bale. We've got Pattinson. But it's going to be two very different Batman. And not only does that show the strength of the character, but it allows them to exist simultaneously and show why there's so many Batman comics. And we get the Bat family. And we get characters we've wanted to see on screen. I, again, will talk a lot about that in another video. But Batman is going to be very different very soon. And that is very exciting for fans of the Pattinson and the Neil Adams and the, the fun 66 take alike. Coming in at number three is Swan. Thing. Now, this one is really hard to even quantify. I think the reason I'm so excited about this one is if they hit the mark, this is doing Watchmen right. This is making Sandman for Netflix correctly. This is the potential to make something that's so avant-garde and existential, but also horrific, but also full of heart. The comic book they showed is a Swamp Thing Winter Special, which is a pretty recent comic, it's Tom King, and it is a love letter to the writer who invented it while also being a commentary on mortality and on protecting and on safety and on what it means to be human while dealing with a non-human character. And there's so much magic and mysticism inherent to Swamp Thing. There's so much interesting lore. There's so much mythology. Swamp Thing can lead to Justice League Dark or not. Swamp Thing can lead to entire mystical worlds. This is as big of an opening as Doctor Strange to an exponential scale. This is as big of an opening to a new world as when James Gunn did Guardians. It changes the potential for everything. And if they can set this up as a horror story that also has all of these very deep, heady thoughts, then we're in for poetry the movie. This is a beautiful poem of a character. And I honestly think this could be the most interesting and experimental comic book movie we've ever seen, if it's handled right. And I'm hearing it might be James Mangold. Uh, he posted a picture of a very stunning Bernie Wrightson uh, piece of Swamp Thing art. And that to me, it's like 1201, by the way, like two days ago, like the night of the slate, uh, he posted a Bernie Wrightson piece. And I'm like, I don't know why James, I mean, maybe James Mangold is just a fan, but I want a James Mangold. Can you imagine Slither's producer in James Gunn and the director of Logan and James Mangold doing a Swamp Thing? Very high potential for this beauty. Very excited. Coming in at number two, and this is 100% going to be another video breakout as well, because this is a conversation I've been wanting to have for quite some time. And I've been having it, uh, you know, with my friends and I've been having it uh, briefly on Twitter, but I want to dive into it. And that is why we need a new Superman. And this is going to be Superman Legacy. And the art used is Frank Quietly, beautiful, stunning cover art from All-Star Superman written by Grant Morrison. One of the most hopeful, powerful, colorful, uplifting Superman stories in years. I have been very on the record for saying how much I love Henry Cavill. I have been very on the record for saying how much of a bummer it is that the cost of this reboot seems to be Henry Cavill. But honestly, I do think Superman Legacy will show us the importance of the character to the world. It's so hard to even say this without sounding cheesy, but that's kind of the fun of Superman is he can be cheesy, but he's so good that works. And that is this. This is the statement. Superman can make the world better. And I want a 
fucking Superman movie that makes the world better. I want people to look at this this figure, this 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 pop culture icon, and want to aspire to be better. And we have not had that in a very long time. And when Superman was invented, the world was very dark, and he was a commentary on hope and getting out of the darkness. And right now, the world is very dark. I would like a character to pull us out of the darkness. So yeah, I'm I'm literally calling on Superman to save us and bring back truth, justice in the American way. And I honestly think if handled right, it's a very important movie on not just a movie scale, on a worldwide scale. We need Superman, frankly, and I'm very excited for this take. And my number one most anticipated of that slate, Supergirl. I honestly, I like Supergirl. I really do. I think she's a fantastic character, but I also find her to be a character that is very, very hard to write, a lot like her cousin Superman. But one of the arcs that I love most, one of my favorite comic book arcs of any character, not just Supergirl, but in comic books, is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. And they are directly not inspired by, not in regards to, not lovingly, they are adapting. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and it looks like, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, Tom King is writing this. This is Tom King adapting his comic book to the screen. This is one of the best writers in comic books making a screenplay out of this. This is Tom King, who was supposed to be working with Ava DuVernay on New Gods way back in the day, finally making a movie, and this is a guy who was a, a, an agent for the state. He worked for the CIA, who then wrote one of the best Batman of all time, who then went on to make my favorite DC comic of all time, Mr. Miracle, who then went on to redefine, in my mind, Supergirl and Superman, and if he's directly adapting his own story that redefined Supergirl for me in a way that is a commentary on what it's like to be isolated and alone, what it's like to feel alien, what it's like to have these powers, what it's like to be a hero, what it's like to do the dirty work, what it's like to help someone do something you don't want them to do because you'd rather shoulder that burden, this could be all of that in Star Wars. This is a giant sci-fi space epic. This, the scope of this is magnificent and wonderful and powerful and the morals and themes and human element make it so, so important while being so stunning and beautiful. The art in this book is transcendent. The story in this book makes you a better person and the way you connect to Supergirl, a character again that I like but don't know to love, is so impactful. This could make a character that a lot of people don't give the time of day into an A-lister. This could make a character that a lot of people see as like, oh, girl Superman. No, 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 Supergirl is her own thing and that's the point of Supergirl. Living in her cousin's shadow. How do you live in your cousin Superman's shadow and be a hero? This is beautiful. And the fact that she's on her own at the beginning of her life. She like was born on an asteroid. The isolation, the underdogness. Honestly, I, I, I'm going to make 100 videos. We're going to make so many videos about this slate, but that is my number one pick. I am very, very excited for Supergirl. I love Woman of Tomorrow. I highly recommend you read it. It is uh, an eight issue mini series. I'm gonna give you some comic book recs actually right now. Supergirl, one through eight, Woman of Tomorrow. It is uh, last year, I think 2020. It started 2021 and ended maybe 21, 22. Check it out, eight issues, Tom King. I would also recommend highly if you're interested at all in uh, any of these characters, I would say that you could dive into some weird stuff with Swamp Thing. I think the Alan Moore stuff is very, very important. Go back to the Lynn Ween stuff if you like the Alan Moore stuff. Um, there's something called American Gothic that's a pretty solid collection that I think would suit you. Uh, I think if you want to check out anything with the authority, it's linear. You can just get one through 12. Like, and then if you like that, you can go on to the next, but it is a linear path. You don't have to read a bunch of comics. It is it is one journey with the authority because they're a commentary. They're not in the world yet. They do get in the world. Superman comes in. You'll see. But I'm very excited about all that. Also, that's a good point. Superman coming into the authority was very interesting because that commentariness, them just jumping into the DCU, fascinated. But those are my top 10 most anticipated 
by hype, by excitement. What are you most excited for? Let me know in the comments below which of these was your most surprising. What is your order? I like lists. I'll read your list. And uh, overall, what are you thinking 2025 is going to look like by the time we get there for superhero cinema? And what do you want to see the difference of the TV shows be? Either way, talk about this slate a lot. If you want to see more of this, let me know what else you want me to talk about in the comments below. You guys are my co-hosts. I tell you what you want to hear about. It's up to you. Let me know in the comments. You want more comic recs? Let me know. You want more stories? Let me know. Thank you to you, Reject Nation. We'll see you soon. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.